Smartcast. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market real medicine is what's kept humans alive for the last 10 million years you know it's is eating right, you know, exercising properly, trying not to get stabbed or bitten by a you know, saber-toothed lion. But it's, it's, so alternatives is, is usually something you don't want to do your whole life. It's just until you get the lights turned on. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, hello, and welcome to Liberated Healer Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Cavalier. And I am your host, Linnea Hodson. And today we have Dr. Plants, P-L-A-N-C-E, and I'm going to let him share his qualifications with you because they're a long list and I don't... I think you can explain it a little better than I can. Welcome, Dr. Plants. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to have you. And you are a DO. Osteopathic physician. You started out as a chiropractor, correct? Well, I first got accepted to medical school. And after the first day, it, it wasn't that um, exciting. So I went to chiropractic school, graduated from that. Western, which is was affiliated with the um, Oregon Medical School. I was trained in um, OB, home births nutrition, and then I um, went to the naturopathic school for different types of treatments and then studied homeopathic medicine under Dr. Uh, Jeffries for about three years, and then botany, and then herbology, acupuncture, acupressure, certified hypnosis, kinesiology. I have a grand master's in geriatrics, a fellowship in ethics, a fellowship in hospital medicine, <laughs> co-founder of the National Academy of Sports Medicine Southwestern chapter, and I'm a member of the National Academy of Nutritional Consultants since about 1979. Sorry about the buzzing. That's that's uh, his patients that are bummed out that they're not getting one-on-one attention right now. <laughs> I've known Dr. Plants from... I met him in 1987... And I was a baby. And uh, I was actually really ill, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And I actually had two tubular pregnancies. Tubular, like totally tubular. Yeah, I had these tubal pregnancies, and back then they just really did not know about tubal pregnancies. And he took one look at me, 
And I guess I was a shade of green. And he said, you're really sick. And he went and he found them and put me in the hospital. And I had had these inside of me for, they say, maybe over four years. I was so infected that they couldn't even perform surgery on me. And he put me through all kinds of amazing things and actually saved my life. And I'm always honored to be in his presence. And he has helped a lot of my friends and colleagues over the years and people. He's just been the consistent source of humor, number one, and smarts. Smart. He's the smartest one guy in the room always and, you know, has helped a lot of people that nobody would help that he has done that over and over again. And I remember some of the stories about the geriatrics when he would take care of a lot of these elderly people in convalescent hospitals. And he would go in and he would unprescribe medications that would make them tired and lethargic. And he wanted them to enjoy the last bit of their lives. And actually a lot of the nurses were mad at you because that made them you know, have to really not be able just to kind of check people out, really engage with them and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I remember at some point there was a, when he would go into some of these convalescent hospitals, there would be a line of old people waiting for him when they knew he was coming in because they loved him so much. So incredible. Yeah. He's so Dr. Flannis, thank you for being with us again today. You're welcome. So anyways, let's go into some of the good stuff. It's not that special. This is the way humans supposed to treat humans. Again, yes, that is true. Yes, that is very true. Unfortunately, not everybody, you know, lives life in that way. Well, particularly like, doctors. Lives it, but yeah. I didn't go in this. I never wanted to be a doctor. It wasn't my wheelhouse. Yeah. My mother's dying last minute of her life. She said I was wasting mine when I was a kid and says, I want you to be a doctor. So I just kept going. I still don't know what, why, why they missed her cancer, but, but no, it's, I do... 10, 20 house calls sometimes a week. And um, my prices haven't changed. I shouldn't say that. But since (laughs) 1980s, because I don't care about money. But uh, yeah, yeah. you're one of the good ones. Got the good intentions. And so you, can you explain how you support Eastern medicine and Western medicine and the difference and when you think that you need to go towards the Eastern medicine and where you think you need to go to the Western medicine and kind of that bridge? Well, since I was in here on the bowls, bowls that you guys were Oh, yeah, to, on the healing bowls. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can separate. It should all be in the same bowl and you just mix it up and, and do it okay. as it comes. You have to be familiar and kind of go with your gut. I'm a big follower of Edgar Casey. If anybody knows who that is, my mother was knew him. And... Um, and sometimes she knew my off- Edgar Casey. Yeah. Oh wow. And um, the honestly, I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> maybe the medical board listening um, is I don't know where the answer comes from. Sometimes I'll be examining somebody and and say, oh, this is a rare disease. You have this, and I kind of like better go look it up, and make sure. But uh, there's you have to marry everything together. You have yeah. to mix it all together. So I don't know when I'm going to get something, but. First, let's go back, as I mentioned to you earlier, about alternative. Okay. Because I ask people, when people come, that's one of the things they always say. Um, I'm coming to you because you think out of the box and you practice alternative medicine. It really frustrates me when people say that because they need to look up in the dictionary what alternative means. 
real alternative means when the natural and the normal situation can't fix the problem, you take the darker alley that's not lit. So okay. alternative medicine is modern medicine. Okay. Real medicine is what's kept humans alive for the last 10 million years. You know, it's, it's eating right, you know, exercising properly, trying not to get stabbed or bitten by a you know, saber-toothed lion. But it's, it's so alternatives is, is usually something you don't want to do your whole life. It's just until you get the lights turned on, you yeah. know. So I get really frustrated with that. Then these people say that. I said, no, the guy up the street who writes 20 narcotics a day, that's alternative. Oh, wow. Mm. You know. Okay. And it's like, example is, I get a lot of patients who come to my office, somebody with the not being able to get pregnant, but most common is I have headaches. Okay. So the doctor sent me to you because that's my diagnosis. Diagnosis is, headaches isn't a diagnosis. That's yeah. a symptom. Yeah. It means your doctor gave up on you. Oh, wow. Doesn't yeah. know where to look. Yeah. So in my practice, you ask about <clears throat> what type of medicine I use. I was a medical director for the Indians for a while, so I used some of theirs. Um, and what are, the, what are those? What do you mean? What are some of those medicines from the Indians? Well, it's all different. Okay. I, there's one gal who actually came to the Indian clinic. Her name was Wilma. And you'll recognize her if you go watch a movie called Christine about a car that came to life. I think she was the first person that was killed. Rocking on her chair in a porch. <laughs> she was a Navajo medicine woman. Oh, wow. She came to the clinic. She had some kind of a purplish flower that she grew in Arizona. And we'd crush it up and make it in, and put it in a bag for people that had diabetes. And I'll be darned if, even on insulin, the sugar would start to go normal. And I asked her every six months until she died, please tell me where this flower is and what is it. I still don't know to this day. Really? We'll have to find that flower. Wow. Let's go on a search. Okay. We're going on a, an outing looking We're for gonna a purple go foraging. flower. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't guarantee that anything. I mean, the problem is, you know, everybody wants to sue everybody because there's too many lawyers around and stuff in the medical boards. And uh, when you say, well, this works for this. Yeah. You know, it's like doing stem cells now. You really can't say this is what it does or how yeah. it helps you. Yeah. People just do it. But um, clinically, like I mentioned when I came here off the air, we were talking about black walnut, which mostly grows in Oklahoma. The reason they found out that it <clears throat> works for cancer and certain infections was that, like my grandfather was Cherokee in Oklahoma, and he always called white people stupid. And he said because they ride, trip, break a horse on the ground and they get thrown onto the ground, well, we had a lake at our, at our place where my grandfather was. He'd take an Appaloosa, make him walk in the water till his feet weren't on the ground, then jump on him, and they can't buck you off. Wow. So you don't get hurt. Yeah. Then you try to walk him out. If they start to buck again, you take him out in the water. Oh, wow. So he, he, they noticed that the black walnut trees grew over lakes and streams. When they rotted and fell in the streams, the fish would float to the top. It's a natural anesthetic like you know, when you go under surgery. So what happened, it's a strong, strong antioxidant. And so they would grind up the shells, take the canoe out, throw the powder on there, and wait until the fish came to the top. It goes, we're not having to fish and hook and shoot them with bows and arrows. We just wait for them to come to the top. So it was pretty fun. Well, let's get some black that walnut. freaking incredible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I could tell you some stories. But, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There is another 
Wow, just like pay attention to nature. Yeah. You know? Just watch oh my it. Gosh, that's so cool. Um, there's a, even a better example of, of marrying it all together. And this is my first exposure to allopathic medicine when my mother got cancer. Um, there was a clinic called in La Paz, Mexico, and it was called the Laetro Clinic. If everybody remembers Laetro, B17 from, from uh, seeds and apricot seeds. Um, so I went down there because my mother was going down there, so I stayed and studied under Dr. Perez, who ran it. And in the first week, we saw all kinds of people come through. But they got the IV laetrile, but they also got B-complex, cobalt, chemotherapy, everything. So at the end of the week, I asked for a meeting. I went into his room and I said, Dr. Perez, um, I'm really kind of confused because I thought this was a laetrile clinic for cancer. And he put his glasses down and he goes, Doctor, this is, a, this is an oncology center. I really don't care what kills it. So I use everything I can. And that, wow. so it was, it was very prophetic, you know. So now people come in and I try not to alter too much what they're going to do, what they're going to do with their care unless I know it's going to be really contraindicated. Um, wow. That's probably why I have trained so much like in vascular surgery and everything else was not that I wanted to do that stuff, but I wanted to know what they're doing to my people. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I will say that's something I definitely experienced in my like hospital stay and everything. Well, first of all, like you said, a headache is not a diagnosis. It's a symptom. And that was one of the main things that I was dealing with was just migraines. And they, I would just get painkillers and then sent on my way. True. Well, can you explain you had what kind of cancer? I mean, you didn't um, I had a brain tumor, yeah. so I had brain cancer uh, about two years ago. I'm fine now and everything, but it was something that no one could figure out what was happening. So I was just being given a bunch of narcotics and painkillers and being sent on my way and told that I, everything was fine. And then once I was in the hospital, I feel like it was that where they were just giving me everything under the sun to just like make the pain go away basically and they were giving me steroids and different antibiotics and you know just I mean so many different medications that I was taking every single day and once I was um like once I had recovered from surgery and everything I mean I don't think I took even Tylenol for like a year and a half after that because I just wanted to go so the opposite direction of just like popping pills basically yeah. You know, so this is a very interesting conversation with me. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is a, some natural remedies for antibiotics? Because my mom's allergic to penicillin and so she doesn't have hardly anything left available to her. And, you know, I, I always think that's fascinating. There's got to be some kind of natural remedy that you could try with antibiotics. Just lots of them. The, um, I would say at least 60% of the medicines that we use in the world are all derived originally from plant products. Correct. You know, Valium, Valerian, and Passiflora, um, penicillins, which, you know, from mold. And one, I have never seen a patient that actually has a classic allergy unless they have an alpha anatrypsin disorder. Um, it's hypersensitivity. You get bombarded with so many, you know, antigens. Like, every one of us would sneeze if we were in a room with, a ma with no mask on and somebody was drywalling your ceiling. Correct. It's just the particles and it causes an irritation, which is a natural response, so it doesn't go into the rest of your body. So when they say allergic to penicillin, that's a mold. Every one of us have at least three different types of mold on us all the time. Wow. 
wow. Tinea corpora, Tinea pedis. <laughs> I mean, we do, but it, it's, sometimes it's kind of a co-sponsored relationship. So you yeah. just, so I wouldn't freak out. It, you know, it's, you know, if you were sterile, you'd be a, a boy in a bubble like John Travolta was. So, um, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you need the exposure to develop immunity. Yeah. Correct. So, um, there, there's a lot of stuff out, and again, you know, you don't want people to get mad at you and, and, and try to sue you because you say something. So I'll tell you what some of the stuff that Indians used. Okay. The most simple one, particularly here on the West Coast, which when you, when you go to the Western Medicine um, seminars sometimes in, in Vegas, which I used to go to all the time, they would always tell us, well, you know, Lyme's disease and um, ticks and fiddleback spiders don't exist on the West Coast. They don't, they don't cross the Rocky Mountains. What? That's a lie. Never, well, no, <laughs> I proved them wrong because I brought a tick and I brought a patient with limes and I brought a, a brown, a, a recluse spider to the seminar in Vegas. And I said, you guys are wrong. And um, anyway, Griffith Park is full of, of, of ticks with lime. Um, the, um, the Indians didn't know what it was. And then we have a tree that's not native to here, but it's from Africa, Queensland, Africa, called Jacaranda. You know what that is? Jacaranda. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've heard Mostly of the pearl. Yeah. But if you want to see the white one that's magical, that's at the University of San Diego. Um, but there's three different colored ones. The Indians would, limes is a spirochete, same family as syphilis. Most people don't know that. Um, so if you have it for a long time, you can get crazy and drooling and you get someone called Tabies dorsalis where you start to walk funny, then it's kind of too late. So anyway, um, they saw the jacaranda trees, which were planted from people from Australia and some of the priests, like the oak trees in California actually come from Spain. The priests would bring them here to build, they grow it so they could build big churches in, in, on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, so they would take the seeds of a mature jacaranda tree, put about 20 to 30 in a tea strainer, boil some water, take it off there and soak it for an hour or two and drink the tea. And I don't know of any bacteria that I've ever seen in my practice that it doesn't kill. And they don't get a resistant to it because it's natural. Um, they can do that and they can make a poultice. If you get a gum infection, I had two young girls under 20 that came in, both of them for sore throats and I'd never seen them before. And this is about 15 years ago. Um, they um, both came in for sore throats, strepped obviously, but they had the, both of them had the right arm wrapped all the way to the elbow with gauze. I said, what's going on? Did you guys get a tattoo or to, to match each other or whatever? She goes, no, and they unwrapped one of them and it was flesh-eating bacteria. Oh, no. You know, staph. And it, the skin was all peeling back and I, it was gangrenous. So I said, well, what are you doing about it? Oh, the surgeon told me... Um, told us uh, they were going to wait until it stopped. It's called demarcation. That's where they're going to amputate it on. I said, how would you like an option? 
Yeah. So I gave him the Jacaranda formula, had him soak it also and wrap their arms on there. And in seven days, the infection was completely gone and the skin was normal. I actually got a call from the surgeon who said, what the hell did you do? I had them scheduled for surgery. I was kind of mad. <laughs> They yeah. really were just going to let their arms get amputated like that. It's 17 years old. <laughs> so, um, oh my goodness. So I've used it on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, abscesses the, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, you told me that a long time ago. So I was just cleaning out my cupboards and I had a bunch of old jacaranda <laughs> seeds in there. <laughs> um, and it, no, it's absolutely fascinating. And they're all over Southern California and... You know, you could definitely just make some tea and and just kind of follow it and see how you feel. You also gave me, maybe via an Indian, um, a, another thing to give to my mother when she got cancer, which was a maple syrup baking soda. with the baking soda. And I gave it to a couple of other, other one of my friends that had breast cancer, and they... They literally, well, my mom literally, her her cancer. She had a tiny tiny bit on her throat, and they they took it out, and she didn't have any chemo or anything as well as too. So she really stuck to that formula. And so, could you tell me what that one was? A little bit about that one. Well, the baking soda molasses um, came from old old Germany. I think the fourteen or fifteen hundreds. And uh, the theory behind it is. And now I don't think it's a theory. I think there's a lot of countries that are starting to use bicarbonate, you know, um, alkaline mediums. Mm -hmm. um, there's certain viruses like the corona and stuff with a pH in the gut or in the, in the bloodstream above 7.6, 7.8, where it just dies. Um, so in some uh, oncology centers, there's lit literature written where they take the baking soda or bicarbonate, put a catheter right into, say, the liver tumor, and they just run that. And they just watch it die because it can't survive without the oxygen. Um, so it's, it, I, I believe nobody's ever said why it works, but I'm, I'm sure it's the pH. And then, you know, the sugar with the molasses, it's more fructose than it is anything else. You know, anybody with cancer, if they know that, they, you're tired. And I think that's what it is. It just helps give you energy. Um, it, I've, honestly, I, see, in December, it'll be 45 years I've been a doctor. And I, I can't remember anybody that it didn't help, at yeah. least in some fashion. I mean, I, I've had three now with testicular, metastatic, and, and prostate cancer that are under the age of 50. And their metastasis went away. I think one of them, he actually was a French chef. And he just, him and his wife just moved to Florida with their private company. And he's been, he had metastatic to his spine where he couldn't even move. Oh and gosh. all of his PET, PET scans for the last five, six years have all been negative. And so he moved to Florida. He moved to Florida. So try some baking so soda and molasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of information out there. Also, you brought up the word alkaline, which I always find fascinating because I remember a lot of stories where that's where the pH changes. And if you just drink lemon water every day, you know, put a little lemon in your water, it'll change your body. Or I also heard cucumber. If you put slices of cucumber in there, then it will change it a little bit more. And that's how you fight cancers. Is there any kind of 
truth to alkalinity in your body and drinking? Yeah. Okay. Alkalinity is, is, is pretty important. Like bladder infections for females, you know, because you guys have a reservoir of bacteria down there all the time. Um, yeah, alkalinity is just really, I mean, you get a spider bite from the acid. You make a baking soda paste, you know, and put it on there and it, it sucks it right out and neutralizes it right away. I mean, I've been stabbed 32 times and every time I get stabbed, I, I cover it, you know, with baking soda because you, sometimes you're in a place where you can't get to some, some hospital or something. What do you mean you've been stabbed 32 times? Like literally? I have the like, scars. Was it any of them patients? No. There was. Oh. <laughs> okay, other things. Okay. <laughs> I was saying that patient was very upset. They're, yeah, they were not happy. <laughs> when I have a foreign body in my right lung, too. You know, oh, you do. Remember that, I told you. Oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. so what, about, um, what about alkaline water? That's kind of what because I Because that right, so, is something that's like, I feel like hotly contested right now. You have to, homeopathy is a tincture. Okay. You know, you want, you want to do everything kind of low dose and slow. And if you mm-hmm. don't need it, don't do it. Okay. Um, yeah, try to stay away from acidy stuff as much as possible, like oxalic acid, mm-hmm. uric acid, certain purines, because the body can't handle those real well. And that, if you have those kind of diets, then that's when you do try to alkalize alkalinized to assist. Okay. But if you do too much lemonades or lemon juice, the enamel on your teeth will be gone in like two months. If you do baking soda too much, you, it, your body won't absorb the calcium in your diet. Mm. And then what happens is you get osteopenia, not osteoporosis. That's because porosis is more of a protein deficiency in the bone. So you, it, it's a tincture. You know, I, mm-hmm. you just got to know what the side effects are potentially, you know. Gotcha. It's, so wouldn't recommend drinking alkaline water every single day then? <laughs> no, but like I have a patient of mine who actually is now a doctor. She makes alkaline coffee. Ooh. And I never drank coffee until she started bringing it. Okay. And I went 50, 60 years without drinking coffee until she brought the dang <laughs> coffee. <laughs> you know? But it's good. Good. So um, I'm also, what about, what do you... Th- What's your advice on MSG and all that prepackaged stuff and how our body absorbs it? And is it really as horrible as we've been thought to believe? Well, let me tell you about all that stuff. Okay, please. Um, (laughs) Yeah, MSG is not good for you. But there's people, they buy, I'm going to just say it, CoQ10. Everybody takes CoQ10. Yeah. CoQ10 is destroyed in the stomach acid of 7.2, 7.3. So you get absolutely no use out of it when you swallow it, but somebody's getting rich. Now, if it's sublingual, it gets absorbed because it's a very, pretty small molecule. But there's certain pre-amino acids that become CoQ10 in the, in the, in the body. Okay. Same way with MSM for joints and ligaments. Well, just take more glutamic acid or glutamine, and it's converted in ATP cycle, Krebs cycle, and it's converted to MSM. So why not just do it naturally and do it the right way? Um, I mean, I can just go down the list. What's the biggest thing now in the market for joint pain? I thought you just said it. No, no. joint pain. Joint pain. And I, can't, oh, I don't oh. want to mention oh, you can't the products mention because yeah. I don't want to get sued. Okay. But turmeric and curcumin. Uh-huh. 
40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and even the early 80s in nutrition, in the books you read it. Yeah. Arachidonic acid and linoleic acid, they call them essential amino acids. Yes. It means essentially your body hates them. Okay. They, I wrote a paper on it in 86 and 87. About 52 pathways of cell death come from, come from turmeric and curcumin. Really? It produces three or four different prostaglandins that makes your body think it's getting better. Okay. But it ages your body 10 years faster and the joints even faster than that degeneration. Wow. Yeah, so. Let's just say no to that. That's that turmeric, curcumin, and then uh, coconut milk. Those three. They, the, a lot of, uh, they use that in India a lot. You go to India. I have. You see the people over the age of 50 when they shake your hands and they look pretty crippled? Yeah. Or they're real thin with weight loss? Yes. And they look older? They do. That's yeah. turmeric and curcumin. Arachidonic so, acid. I'll send you a copy of well, my research. Well, I'm throwing away my turmeric latte stuff that I have in there. I know. <laughs> well, I'm thinking as someone who has a vegetarian and like mostly vegan diet, you know, and I've had stomach problems in the past, so I would use turmeric for to help with inflammation. Of like the stomach and stuff? Goes to your brain and fools you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that is good to know. <laughs> I've just been wanting to say that. What? So I, before my first <laughs> podcast in a couple of weeks, you just got, you just got, got it. No, so, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of things like that where they tell you it's good so they can sell it. Yeah. And, and it I, gets popular and then everybody's buying it. Okay. So ginseng. Ginseng, it depends. Uh, ginseng, particularly for men over 50, mm-hmm. it causes nervous tremors and Parkinson's-like syndrome. Okay. So you got to be careful with that. Some people will use it to help with their prostate too, but it can cause prostatitis in some people. Okay. Uh, women, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, ginseng, if you get it from... Uh, there's a fantastic... And on mine, I'm not going to mention yours and give you credit, but there's a GYN in Atlanta, Georgia, okay. who went to like 14 countries in the tribals and she took... All the stuff that that was similar for women that had all kinds of medical issues, and she created a formula for that for okay. vaginal relief. It's, it's really and then good. what about okay, garlic? Obviously, I think is good for you, just energetically. Yeah, garlic's is good for everything. Is okay, it? it just kills a bunch of shenanigans. It's that. It's got some minerals in it that are just phenomenally easy to get. Yeah, really. We love garlic. What about? Um, so I would do a juice cleanse a lot of times to kind of reset when I was feeling overweight. <laughs> but what it really is, is um, I would just juice kales and celery and lemon and ginger and garlic and beets. And I'd always put lemon in there, just kind of hoping that it would kind of pull things out and sometimes I put habanero pepper in there mm-hmm. and all that natural our body just I felt like my body just ate that up I would get hungry I'd get all this energy is that sort of but then there's a the whole other side it's like you should keep the fiber and they you should do it that way and the fiber is actually really good for you is there any kind of comments on the juicing craze fiber craze one you know you, well, you know my practice. Yes. If you can, you can mention at least 32 countries around the world and the region you're from. I know exactly what the most common diseases and genetic stuff and what they, they get. So, so back it up a little bit. Everybody gets these blood tests every year. 
with cholesterol and all this other stuff, and this says low or high. We have, you know, close to 100 countries live in the United States, so there's no such thing as normal labs. Okay. I, every year in January, from 30 different countries, I call and get their normal blood tests okay. and ask them what infections or what genetic stuff is going around. So every time somebody comes around, I, I say, okay, you're Greek, now 300 and lower cholesterol is normal. So if you know the genetic propensity, then you, you can tell people the honest truth about their blood tests. Northeastern Africa. You come from Northeast Africa, and I get patients who've come to my office, and they, I say, oh, your white cell count is low. Um, where are you from? And they tell me, and, I, and they go, oh, yeah, the doctor's trying to find out where my leukemia is. I said, well, no, Northeastern Africa, the white cell count is 2.6 to 3.2, which is you know, 25, 30% less than the rest of the population in the world. So that's normal for you. Okay. So, I mean, you got to, so when you say what works for everybody, you know, yeah. it's kind of hard, you know, to say because you have to know what continent the people were in. Yeah, okay. Without giving, I know that you have a show coming out, so I don't want to take some of your stuff that you have ready to come out, but if we were to go in our background backyard in Southern California right now, what are some of the trees that we could use to help heal us and maybe make elixirs or teas that are kind of native to California? Well, all you have to do is walk through my backyard. Um, I have camphor trees. Camphor, okay. Yeah, and you, it's like camphophonic and yeah. just dilates your nose and your mucous membranes. membranes. Um, you just got to be aware of what's toxic and what's not, how much is toxic and... Um, stay away from the seeds. I have uh, bushes of Yerba Santa, mm. which grows native in Southern California, particularly against the foothills, and that's a natural bronchial dilator. Wow. So you just make tea out of that. Okay. Um, the I love the jacaranda. Yeah. One, the leaves um, are a natural. They use the leaves in the universities in Queens, Queensland and um, uh, Africa. They, the kids, when they get ready for finals, they start making tea out of the leaves. And it's supposed to stimulate memory, 30 to 40%, at least remote, you know, immediate recall. Um, but it's also an anorexic. Oh. So what happens is they drink it all week long, they forget to eat. And they oh. end up in the hospital on the IV hydration before their finals. So they started restricting anybody touching the trees during finals. Wow. That was years ago. <laughs> Yeah. So they, it has multiple uses, the leaves and the seeds. Yeah, the, not the leaves, no. Oh. Don't do the leaves. Don't do the leaves. Oh, okay. And I'll no tell leaves. you off the air why. Okay. Yeah, th so th there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can do. I mean, like, I don't kill the dandelions in my yard. Oh, yeah. Because I grew up, we were so poor again, we, we never went shopping. We, whatever we could kill or grow is what we ate. Okay. And so we had sassafras, but that was to bread the, the twigs of that brush your teeth and uh -huh. it cleans it faster than anything. And then the um, dandelion, the greens. Yeah. The greens, it's a great salad and whatever else we had, we'd, we'd throw in there. But the dandelions, um, they help prevent, um, you know, renal failure. So my patients who start to go into stage one kidney disease, yeah. they start dandelion tea or dandelion salads. And I add an acetylcysteine, 500 milligrams, and it helps keep the arteries open. Yeah, and I remember, I think you told me uh, to use that when I was going through my female stuff, like endometriosis and all the female area stuff, the dandelion. If you look up something called Lydia Pinkham, yes. 
and it used to be a prescription in the 1800s and stuff. I think it's a pharmacy in Seattle still makes it. Yeah. But for people that have ovulation problems or getting difficulty in getting pregnant and stuff, I usually just tell them to start trying that first because yeah. it's it's non-chemical, but it works good. What about dairy? I I. I believe you don't eat dairy. At least you used to not eat dairy from what I can remember. Are you still on that diet? Well, if milk was so good for you, why do baby cows quit drinking it? That is a very good point. No, it's... There is more vitamin D in fresh-squeezed orange juice, 8 ounces, Okay. than there is in milk. Okay. Um... Well, can I, you tell us a little bit of what, what it does to your system, though, why you don't prescribe to it yourself? Well, most of it, they had a lot of synthetic stuff, okay. number one. Number two, um, the casein and whey in it. Okay. It's like, um, what do you call it, um, gluten. All humans are sensitive to gluten. Okay. It just depends on how sensitive you are. Okay. But uh, same with casein and whey. Casein and whey are proteins that your body... I mean, I really, in 44 years, haven't seen anybody with a lactose intolerance. It's usually take them off any casein and whey, and they get better. Okay. Those proteins cause can cause irritation in the gut, ulceration, expresses a lot of mucus in the in the large and small bowel. So, I I'm not a, a big fan. Yeah. Does that include goat milk? No, goat, llama, um, camel milk is probably the best. Um, camel milk. Yeah. Yeah? What do, do baby camels like camel milk? I don't know, but I think the people that ride the camels <laughs> drink it. <laughs> now, they raise camels now. I think even in Texas now there's a farm that's doing it, but the FDA hasn't approved them. Oh, okay. But they just do it to their friends and stuff. But, man, if you want, you know, it's like eggs. Everybody says they're full of cholesterol. Yeah. Well, God's a lot smarter than you and I are. Yeah. So he has lecithin and cholesterol. Okay. One is in the yolk and one is in the white. So if you don't fry the crud out of it, you get soft-boiled stuff, you're really not getting much cholesterol at all. Yeah. And the lowest cholesterol is ostrich eggs. Yeah. I mean, that you'll, you'll feed five people with an omelet. I know. It's like you're fed for a whole week if you have an ostrich egg. <laughs> but it's, the cholesterol is almost zero. I mean, it's really yeah. cool. Well, this has been really pretty fascinating. Very enlightening. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Linnea? No, but I'm for sure going to be thinking about this for a while. <laughs> Think about it. Then next time we can talk about multiple sclerosis and Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Okay. Viral or fungal? Viral or fungal? Interesting. I don't know that answer. Will you come back and enlighten us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're really excited that you stopped by today to give us some advice on, we don't, we won't call it alternative medicine for sure. Um, Real yeah. medicine. Let's call, call it. it real medicine. Let's just call yes. it real medicine because it is all around us. It's, it was where we came from. We're going back to where we came from as much as possible mm-hmm. and sharing the information for you. So, you know, let us know what your comments or ideas are about this episode. And if you'd like to hear some more, if you want to have Dr. Plants, P-L-A-N-C-E back, I will let you know when his podcast is up and running and share links so we can help promote his, his effort and helping people again, as always. And 
Absolutely. Love to hear if anybody has experiences that uh, they resonated with too, with this episode. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you again for joining us on the Liberated Healer podcast with Dr. Plants and over and out. Bye for now. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, show your support by finding us online at theliberatedhealer.com. And there you can find all of our social handles. Podcast.